Beast Gang Podcast, and we're back after the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 review. Slightly less jubilant time with this movie, mainly just because of how Disney has approached the end of, I guess, November of 2019. Picking up on that, and then also talking about some larger things with Guardians of the Galaxy. Obviously, with Guardians, the movie starts off with Adam Warlock kind of on the hunt for Rocket. Rocket is injured to the point that he's dying. Everyone kind of comes together to try to save Rocket, which is what the impetus of the movie is. I guess, how do you guys feel about the larger movie overall? And with, like, spoilers involved. So Rocket starts dying because of the med pack, and apparently he had a... Self-destruct. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck his dude's name. Fucking can I remember right now? High evolutionary. Yeah. God damn, I'm getting my shows mixed up now. I'm just gonna be talking about Star Wars people. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, They'll probably show up in Star Wars. Wars. You never know. Probably. Oh, yeah, and that's another thing I was talking about. It's fucking Disney with just recycling Disney actors that they worked with. It's starting to get real irritating. But I'll go into that later. But yeah, he put something on Rocket's heart that when they used the Metapack, basically started killing them. He only had like 48 hours left to live. And then that kind of became the purpose of the movie and whatnot. And they had Peter going to save his now best friend. I guess kind of cool to hear, considering that they were beefing like hell in the second one. <laughs> He's like, I can't stay here. They're going back and forth. The Adam Warlock thing is what I was really going to say to go to. And I think, Matt, what you were going to talk about was the ending when basically he saves Peter Quill's life after he sacrificed himself trying to save all the animals and shit. That might have been like his biggest scene other than the first one. So, again, you took a character that's very vital to Marvel Universe and this is kind of how you introduce them and work with them. So, turned them you know, into comedic relief. Yeah. And then post credits, he's apparently a guardian of the galaxy now. A whole nother conversation, but it's a waste. Like the build up, even in the second one, the hint at Adam. I vaguely remember him after the second one, kind of hinting at Adam Warlock being a big deal for the third one. And clearly he's not <laughs> like at all. I mean, hell, at one point, He's literally walking through the ship and he's just fainting over and over again because he got fucked up from an explosion. Like, that's what we're doing. But all that just goes back to, again, larger. Yeah, and then he's kind of tethered to his mother also. So it's like he's a baby. He's being emasculated on screen by just the approach to the character. What if you did that to Wolverine? What if you did that to Spider-Man? And I think that's where the problem starts lying. You look at the stuff they have coming up and how do you have faith that they're going to execute them properly? Daredevil shooting right now. Mm-hmm. And I read a couple of interviews of Vincent D'Onofrio where he swears by God that the same level of violence and action they had in the Netflix show they're carrying over to Disney. And I'm like, bro, I just don't believe it. I can't buy that. Even with Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, they said, was like adamant about it. Don't mess with it. It has to be rated R. It's got to be what it was and all this. And then five, you come out and say, oh, it's going to be rated R and it's going to be for adults and we're not going to do this and that or whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, I'm not buying it. You're Disney. <laughs> and you've already shown time and time again, you just won't do that. You'll put the original one on Disney Plus and put the mature rating on there and tell parents, oh, don't show it to your kids. But you don't have the balls to put that out in the movie theater with your name attached to it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Disney's kind of in cost-cutting mode. They need hits. 
enough people to see it in order to make money off of it. And you can't do that with something with the R rating. You can't do that with a slightly PG-13. Again, the Mario movie, just a passable movie that is good, has made a billion dollars. And somehow Marvel, almost three years, can't even repeat that with one movie. Yeah, And I don't know what movie they're going to have that's going to do it. Because now you have, last I read, they're actually talking about recasting Jonathan Majors now. Which, again, kind of goes back to the James Gunn thing. Like, did you not learn your lesson already? Can we not get all the facts first and stop rushing to make these moves because you're scared of some public backlash? It's Stop doing this shit. Like, again, Gina Carano, I don't give a damn about her politically. What does it have to do with the character? She can act a role, and then when she's done, I can be like Bumper. I don't care. Like, everybody with this move to please this invisible audience of like 10 people online. It's that and the stock price. That's basically what it is. It's the invisible audience and the stock price. Somehow the invisible audience affects the stock price. Because someone tweets one thing, it's like, well, we won't go see it. And it's like, oh my God, people aren't going to go see it. Barry should have had his Blade movie years ago. (laughs) You're paying attention and you're listening and you're reacting to people's opinions on stuff. Like, Where's my Blade movie, yo? (laughs) <laughs> but like you said, writer strike. Now I knew that was gonna happen before you said I was like, "Oh, Blade's getting delayed" because they were still writing it when mm-hmm. they said they were getting ready to start shooting. Mm-hmm. And Marvel's famous for rewrites during shooting, mm-hmm. so if you don't have any writers, there's no way in hell that movie's getting done. And that if it doesn't get resolved soon, then we may actually get Marvel having to take a break and having to push certain stuff back because if you don't have any writers, how the hell are you getting any of this stuff done? So first of all, let me on the Blade movie. I'll get it done. Yo. I'll direct it. I'll write it. I'll produce it. I will get the movie done, and it will be hot. Make well, it you happen. know why they even striking? Well, striking because they're worried about... Is he going to about... rock bottom anybody? That's what I want to know. Can he yeah. rock bottom a vampire? Yeah, I will have him suplex, rock bottom, stone cold stunt, everything. Everything will happen in this movie that is my vision for Blade. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> strike is ridiculous well some of it's around yeah. streaming rights that they're not getting right. whatever they're due for streaming rights which I can understand yeah, I that can. I can't because they already went over the streaming match what 10 years ago when the um but streaming is a different beast now post 2018 streaming was in a different place post 2020 where movies were going directly to like big budget movies were going directly to streaming just because people weren't going to the theaters, but like now the box offices aren't necessarily billions guaranteed, 500 million guaranteed for even mediocre movies. I guess the writers see all that. They're just being greedy. All right. You know what? I got chat GPT probably just as good. Yeah. Fuck them dudes. Yeah. Direct and write this Blade movie. It'd be fire, yo. Don't the writers go through this like every few years or whatever? Well, I think yes. the last yes. one might have been like 2011, 2012, somewhere around that. Okay. Simply around streaming rights. They wanted to cut out that streaming revenue and they got it. They're being greedy. They're worried about some artistic security, advancing technology, not just streaming, but AI. Also, the way writers get paid, you get a bump in your pay based on how much a movie costs to make write some podunk script and that shit turns out it has a 200 million dollar budget 
you're getting a payday of at least two billion bucks. The way that they were doing this thing, it made no fucking sense. It's Hollywood accounting BS. They're holding up my entertainment. Last real writer strike was it was like 2008. It was mostly like TV getting hit hard. I mean, some movies did, but it was mostly TV. Yeah, I, mean, I remember that. Kind of recurring TV shows. I mean, TV obviously was in a different space at the time. Like, you weren't getting a whole season. The but... actors as supportive back then as they have been now. I remember the strike being last time shows like House of Cards. Netflix was making all the money. They weren't making money off of syndication rights and all that other stuff. They were bitching and crying about that. And that made sense. Certain amount of sense. Based your model around an outdated model, updated, updated contracts. And studios are being dicks about it, saying, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to do that. You know, this is your contract. Disney's fired a ton of people. And some other studios, I think, are supposed to be firing people now, too. I think Warner Brothers is supposed to be cutting, like, 2.5% of their staff. Yeah, man. I know Disney is hitting a lot of different faces. And I think Paramount also cut people because I know they cut certain things for, like, MTV. Every company, every media company is in cost-cutting mode. So if you're not putting out solid material that will generate revenue next maybe three, four months, it's going to be pretty ugly. If you look at this in context to what we're talking about with Disney and also the writer strike, I mean, think about what this might do to Star Wars. I mean, because there's a lot of Star Wars content either hey, I'm planned. not going to lie, I'm kind of in favor of that. <laughs> to be honest man. Yeah. fuck Star Wars I mean we yeah, didn't do a Mandalorian podcast and, and you know what fuck it's so Wars. funny that I was sitting there thinking about that when we were talking about doing the podcast tonight and I was like even if we bring up Mandalorian I don't even think the podcast would be long because I don't even really got a lot to say about that to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I watched the last two episodes and I was more so like why do we even have the rest of the season? Like, you could have done an hour special and been wrapped this up because this is how it kind of felt. The Moff Gideon thing, like, you took a major storyline plot point, got rid of it right away. Why does Disney keep doing this bullshit? Fantastic Four. Penn Badgley was originally the front runner for Mr. Fantastic, dude from you. And I've only seen him in a few clips from once watching the show. And I thought I was going to go back and watch the because she said it was good. But I looked at the dude and I said, you know what? This kind of feels like early Marvel decisions where it's a different actor. People are slightly familiar, but not too familiar with him. And it might work out in the grand scheme of things. And then all of a sudden I see Mila Kunis and I'm like, who the fuck is she supposed to play? <laughs> and then the rumor is she was supposed to play she thing. They were going to go with she thing instead of Ben Grimm thing. What? And I'm sitting here like, there's no way in hell this is real because you have one job, and that is not to fuck up the first family of Marvel. I don't care what you do. And if you Stan Lee was up, here, he'll probably be like... The thing is Ben Grimm. You don't go see thing day one. That ain't how this works. And I'm sitting there like, you can't tell me again that Kevin Feige's going this. But then she came out and said no. She had lunch with the director at a deli, and somehow it became this rumor that she's in the movie, and she says she's not. Which, again, could be complete BS, because they're not supposed to tell anything anyway. But then it started leaking that apparently Margot Robbie got offered Sue Storm. Adam Driver got offered Mr. Fantastic. Mm. I can't remember dude's name that got offered Johnny. And then last I heard it was John Cena for Thing, which wasn't too surprising because that was an early rumor back in the day that he was going to voice them. But I'm still sitting here going like, this cast, once again, just starting with Adam Driver is, he's in-house Disney. Like, you have this habit of Picking these same 
fucking actors that you have from other movies. Yep, brought that up before. Not fit that role to me at all. I'm loyal, but I'm having a lot of questions. Like, (laughs) this is not a good look. And everything now seems like if it's not the new characters we've been waiting on, like Fantastic Four X-Men, now you're going for the nostalgia thing. Because this is really all Deadpool is going to be is nostalgia. Because they're bringing Mm -hmm. back Colossus. They're bringing back Hugh Jackman. And it's going to be a whole bunch of other people that popped up in the Deadpool movies before. Again, that kind of goes back to the No Way Home thing. We're going to bring back the old Spider-Man and give you that because that'll mask or hide any imperfections that the movie may have. And the thing was was that Keith went from in Feige We Trust to F Feige. All right. So... X-Men is going to be woke trash. It's going to be a Hispanic Professor Xavier. He's in a wheelchair. Played by a real person in a wheelchair. (laughs) And he'll probably really be bald. He won't have a shaved head. And it will be... He'll have alopecia. So... Female Magneto, who is just a boss because you know she has been screaming against. That's how it's gonna be. It's gonna be woke trash. I don't trust anything coming out of that shop. So it's a clean slate, a massive clean sweep. Absolutely nothing I trust. I want to like it. Quite honestly, considering the fact that I still pay for tickets, and I'm still paying for Disney Plus, I haven't canceled it yet. Well, actually, I get it with Hulu, so never mind. I'm not really paying for that, but um, I'm paying for Hulu, but. Technically, I'm still paying for it, so I'm not completely giving it up 100%, but it's a coming. I don't know what they're going to do about the Mandalorian with the Star Wars property because they've already sidelined the Mandalorian, made the plan, sidelined Pedro Pascal, talking about the Ahsoka show. They're going to go all in on that, and then they were kind of throwing hints out that Ahsoka's got somebody who's better than Grogu. I'm like, oh, God. No, I hadn't heard that. I was going to say Filoni started the hype train about Thrawn, where he's talking, oh, yeah, he's going to be the big bad and the central dude for Star Wars this next period and blah, blah. I'm sitting there like, here we go again. It's fucking hype train. And it's like the disappointment's about to start. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just start rolling in. Like, what the hell are we doing? If Filoni does, sounds like Ahsoka's going to be doing If they do the whole heir to the Empire storyline that people wanted for the trilogies, the sequel trilogies, it's just going to backfire on them. Everybody's agreed that that Luke storyline got usurped by Ray. They just basically gave that whole shit Ray. Now that they're going to have her have a, a storyline where she her movie is going to be rebuilding the Jedi Order. What the fuck was Luke doing all the whole time? But oh, never mind. We're not supposed to ask that question, I guess. Taking all the storylines that were written by competent writers twenty years ago. I'm sorry, thirty years ago. Because this stuff came out back in the 90s. They're going to have someone else insert updated for modern audience characters, fill the gaps and stuff, rather than have the characters we wanted in the first place. And then in 10, 15 years, if that shit doesn't work out, they'll recast the original trilogy and redo that and do a remake. Disney's got me rooting for Ron DeSantis right now. That's how pissed off they've got me. <laughs> they need to get something done. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. Oh, I, I, with Ron DeSantis. <laughs> everything that went down with Marvel, with Disney, like for the most part, I had problems with Star Wars, but I was giving it a fair shake. Can't anymore. It just irks me too much. Celebration press conference bothered the hell out of me more so because, like I said, I blame these fans that live and die 
like no matter what they do like who literally sit there and tell you oh you just didn't get the new trilogy it was amazing you shut the fuck up well like let me stop you for a second so kiva had done a star trek picard podcast which star trek and star wars were in the same spot ruined by the same person jj star trek picard season three redeemed a lot of what had happened when you have someone that is competent enough to understand the legacy of the characters to push the story forward even if there's going to be new tv shows or new movies that's the type of person that is needed for star wars but go ahead mike they announced the whole thing about ray and daisy really walked out and the crowd goes crazy and i'm sitting here like the only thing that should have happened is everybody in that fucking room should have been like, God, why? Should have walked out. For what? This is the problem I have is they do BS decisions like this or announcements like this, and you have this group of people who swear that everybody else don't know what the hell they're talking about, mm-hmm. and Daisy's amazing, and Ray was amazing. And, and, and you this like and that if you don't enjoy it. If you yeah, don't and I'm like, I said from day one, Ray wasn't the problem if you developed her correctly. But there's no way in hell that Yoda struggled like a, I mean, battled with fucking Palpatine and barely got that bitch alive. And she just fucking shows up to her grandfather and ends him saying, fuck it, there's no way in hell without any training. You know, I'm, fuck no. I'm not going for that at all. You're not going to make it make sense to me. I don't care what logic you want to use. It's just common oh, sense, simple decisions. Miss, like, three point jobs. I have to disagree with you, Mike. She did have training. She was trained by one of the greatest Jedi's ever created, Princess Leia. Honestly, <laughs> got trained by Princess Leia and a goddamn far. 30 seconds. 15 second montage Man. of her training and running around in the forest with her little, like, what was that bamboo fucking traps and shit? You can't attribute a lot to these fucking people. And I mean, Leia doesn't necessarily have that level of connection to the forest and training. No. Leia has none of that. She has absolutely none of that. I mean, she can fly in space and nearly die, but can't wield a lightsaber. And the problem is, it was complete trash. Complete trash. I don't know if it's seeing there, too. Complete trash. Connected to the Force allowed her to fly through space and to communicate with her son. She sidestepped a damn TIE fighter in space. Okay, that's how she did it. And then she did a force phone call to her son to tell him to stop being a dick. And then died. Paul for the goddamn course. Not even J.J. Abrams could have made that shit. She literally had help from, he had help from four other people. Definitely can't be among one of them. This shit is trash. And the fact that people were woohooing him and going all good shit about it, is beyond me. From what I understand, Disney theme parks and the Star Wars theme parks are super exciting. It's always fast. Everything they did was great. It's just trolls. Trolls don't like it. So you know what? I'll be a troll. I'll sit in my troll cave and I won't buy any more of that bullshit. Difficult for me to really get invested. A lot of current media right now. So I'm talking about anything post-2020. That is recent. Like, that is not that long ago to say I don't care any longer. This whole movement, inclusivity, ruined a lot of stuff for me. I don't necessarily get involved in the culture war of stuff. I just want good content. 
then when you start mixing that element of we need to do this because this person's identity is X, you come up with like trash like Seahawk. I don't understand that. And then when you look at it now in the context, well, we need to save money because the economy's trash. And you put out like basically one of the most expensive TV shows possible, even with that storyline, you're ruining characters that were established, i.e. Daredevil. What is the point any longer in the time investment? When we're talking about this in the context of the Guardians of the Galaxy, if you told me 2017, I wouldn't care about anything Marvel. I probably would laugh at you. I told you that if you kind of saw hints of it with Captain Marvel, that was 2019. That was like March, April 2019. And you started seeing might have been the first crack. This is the new Disney. And then you kind of got the Star Wars movies on top of that. And then they went full on princess mode for everything. It's getting to a point where right now that everything that Disney does is a backdoor pilot into something. So they're utilizing or prostituting the characters that you like in order to push their agenda. Backdoor pilot, another character identity X into something. Really starting to get to a point that I don't want to be invested in this stuff. So I just keep going back to the stuff that I know. And I like, and some of that might be Star Trek for me, but I can watch TOS, I can watch Next Generation, I can watch Deep Space Nine, I can watch Voyager, because I know what I'm getting with that. Any other thoughts, wrap up? No, this <laughs> stuff's gotten to the point that, like I said, I'm actually sitting down thinking I'm going to watch Star Trek the next year. I've never watched Star Trek show ever. <laughs> ever in life. I've never been, it's just, amen. Like, I watched a movie. Oh uh, the one that came out, but like I've never watched. Uh, it. Like first of all, if you gonna do something, start at like late season two of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> I started, <laughs> and I was like, yo, I was like, kind of fire. I was like, then I say, circle back to like seasons one, early season two. There's a list you can go through. This is this like a best central episode you can watch. Season one and season two is a hit or miss. Season three is where it picks up. Jump in and just like every episode. Once you hit season four, it's all the way up until season six. You're watching every yeah. episode. Yeah. Even the bottle episodes, even like the introducing somebody's family member episode, like all that stuff starts to play into where we get to. And like I said, Star Trek and Star Wars, we're in a similar spot where it's just like, what are you doing to something that I love? Again, if you don't like it, you're the problem. Then we got someone semi-competent with Star Trek Picard Season 3. Basically getting coffee. Me and Keith decided to write for Star Trek. That is what we got. <laughs> Basically what we got. There were a few hiccups. Yep. But they resolved them quickly enough. In the end, everybody got what they wanted. You got your woke crew. Now a you have a potential for a very, very feminist-leading crew. And I'm all for it. Seven of Nine and her girlfriend... Flying a ship through space and fucking shit up, yo, with Picard. But that's because of good writing and they developed the characters properly, right? Correct. They did it within, what, how many episodes? Ten? Yeah, it's ten episodes. And they did it with right, ten episodes. So first of all, provide some context. I know you said you don't watch Trek that much, that they were going to be doing Star Trek Picard. This is just like when Disney announced that there are going to be more Star Wars movies. Like, like whatever that was, like 2014, 2013, like whenever they announced that. It's like, yo, he's like, yes, we're going to get more Star Trek. Yep. And then 
that show came out and it was hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember y'all saying that. And then they brought out season two, and season two was more hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it is trash and more trash. And then you dump Discovery on top of that. And they're doing like all this dumb stuff. Star Trek Discovery is another show post J.J. Abrams' first show. It started off well, and then it turned into hot garbage. And then they keep destroying the timeline. So they like jump into the past, and they jump to the future, and then they go into the mirror universe. And it's just like, what are you doing? They were in the same spot. At least we got something. So it's another Star Trek show that, well, the current iterations of Star Trek, that is basically based off of the original series. Season one was good. A basis of something, Discovery Season 5, which, please end that show, getting to a point where I can't get invested in something. So if I watch episode 1 of something, and then I hear about episode 2 is trash, I'm just not going to watch it. Like, I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian. And then I heard, well, hey, this one is good, this one's not good. And what are they doing with this? And I'm like, well, other stuff to do that I can put my time into. I'd rather do that then watch, well, here's a 45-minute episode, here's an hour-long episode, here's a 30-minute episode of something. Well, why did I even sit down and watch that? So I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. If I can't, within the first maybe, like let's say if it's a movie, the first 30 minutes get invested in something, I'm just going to turn it off. Might even walk out the theater. <laughs> like, like, whatever needs to happen. What are we doing? Why are we even doing this? <laughs> Like, what is the point of life if you can't even enjoy sitting down to watch something? Just like, hey, I'm going to have dinner. Let's turn the TV on. If everything that you either grew up watching, eventually appreciated watching, or even haven't even discovered yet. I mean, again, that whatever phase, maybe 2015 phase, 2015 to 2020, where it was like, hey, well, did you hear about this on Netflix? Or did you hear about this on Hulu or Amazon or something? It's like, no, I haven't heard about that. Let me go sit down, watch this. Five episodes, might be eight episodes, might be ten episodes, but at least you get something out of it. A lot of that is lost. Factor in that this could be a writer's strike. Get back to work or like resolve the issues. I mean, it's still gonna be a while. Yeah, no, I'm supposed to say it is. A lot of content now is just I say I have a hard time even keeping up with stuff. Like if it's not a show that I was kinda already watching or established, look forward to it or again into it like my right. most anticipated thing now is Jack Ryan, and I'm kind of pissed. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's about to be last season. So there it goes. Yeah, I would probably say already. the last thing that I might have been invested in was Tulsa King that I wasn't expecting to watch. TV show with Sylvester Stallone, that he was in the mob, okay. and then he was forced to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was a good show. Uh, if, you wanna, if you want a show for you and the wife, Mike, you can watch The Diplomat. That's actually pretty good. And has anybody watched that Citadel or something? So I want to watch it, but she doesn't like watching shows week to week. She can't stand it. So she literally waits. She's like me. She's like me. (laughs) Yeah. And I can do week to week. So I just told her, I was like, I'm just going to wait. And when the whole season's done, we'll sit down and watch it. Thriller or not, it looked like it might be pretty good, but I haven't heard too much about it. That new FX show started, Class 09. And I thought I was going to watch that. And then I read the review today and I was like, eh. It sounds like it's kind of hit or miss, too. So I'm like, oh, fuck. Am I even really going to sit down and watch that? I don't know. All right, man. I guess this is where we are right now on the podcast. This is what stuff is. Like, too fast and furious. 
yeah, y'all need to end this because, like, now we got Jason Momoa, who I'm assuming is dude's son. All of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, we running out of ideas, people. I was trying with all the ridiculous shit. I was like, hey, turn your brain off or whatever. I'm like, but now, got John Cena in the car with his nephew, someone's like, oh, rocking cars. I'm like, bro, we are getting way left field. I'm like, y'all need to end this. <laughs> like, just let it go. <laughs> let it be. Fuck, he needs to fall shit. back for a while. Like, he need to go focus on the XFL and take a long break from movies. I will say the XFL was a success this season. He's not having a good run right now, other than that. And it'll probably be another yeah. Jumanji movie probably coming out. That's probably what he's working on next. I'm quite certain of it. And when they talked about the DC thing and kind of all the stuff came out about what he's doing behind the scenes, the first thing I said was like, Lord, I hope Feige don't call him about coming tomorrow because. If you think he was a pain in the ass with DC, what the hell do you think he's going to do when he gets to Marvel? <laughs> like, what Basically. the hell? All right. So this is a very somber podcast with the future. But Mike will get his Fast and the Furious on. <laughs> Look, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. What Fast and Furious lets me know is that so we'll get Transformers, which I think actually might yeah, be pretty good. Yeah, I've come around on that. Not gonna lie, got me. I looked uh, at that when it came out, and I was like, yeah, because I'll be in the theater for between this. Transformers last night and that Bumblebee movie, because we also forgot about that. Bumblebee wasn't bad; it just wasn't that good. Yeah, but again, we got a Bumblebee movie that nobody talks about any longer. <laughs> but. Beast Wars thing, I don't know. And then I think the first trailer came out. I'm like, eh, let's see what they're trying to do. I see the it. New trailer. I was like, I'm on board. And then <laughs> I'm like, I keep thinking about. I'm like, yo, all right. This seems like it could do something. Yeah. See, and then right. So you got Transformers, Flash, which is still on super high train. I mean, again, I'm gonna go see it because Michael Keaton, but. All that just gets me to July. That's all I'm waiting on. Because you still ain't got another trail for Mission Impossible. And from what I heard, Tom Cruise aired the chase scene at CinemaCon. They said the motherfucker got a stand ovation. Motherfuckers went ape shit. And I said, I'm trying to tell you, if nothing else, I know Tom Cruise is going to come out with Mission Impossible. It's going to be fine. Well, I'm just Everything saying Top Gun delivered. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing Top Gun oh, delivered. He, he, all the stuff he's been through. All the shit he's had to deal with, like with the haters and stuff, knows his role in Hollywood. He's an entertainer. He is an entertainer. He is a movie star, and he delivers good quality movies. Like, Puts out popcorn movies. It is spectacle. That's what it is. You're not there for Mission Impossible for like too much of the story. No, but at all. Technical achievement of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Whether it be stunts or whether it just be locations, whether it be just the set design production aspect of it. That's what you're there for. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mission Impossible took place in the cockpit. It was awesome. <laughs> so, Tom Cruise, you are a legend. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to rewatch all the Mission Impossible movies this week. Except for that third one. That's J.J. Abrams. You know, yeah, you know fucking. <laughs> I had to remind you. That third one was fresh, That one, I remember us liking it at the time, but then it was just like, we nah. turned on that, yo. We turned on it. And then, if nah. you think about the, the very end of that movie, yo, he dies, and then they like did whatever thing to kind of jumpstart his heart. 
Yeah. Questioned it, and I still stand by the fact that I questioned it. it. Was like, why is it that he could do so much? It was like every time I turned around, it was like, uh, "We gotta do this. I've already done it. Uh, we've gotta take care of this. I've programmed it already in three different languages." It's like, what the fuck? Wait, so this dude can speak seven languages at the same time and read lips and deprogram a nuclear thing? Then he talk about the rabbit's foot. I mean, like guffins on top of MacGuffins. Like you have to. Unlock this MacGuffin so we can find the third MacGuffin that doesn't go anywhere. Mystery box. Was shocked for JJ Abrams' mystery box is up. Yeah, fuck that movie. That movie was terrible. Keep keep it in rare form, yo. You get him sorry about JJ Abrams, yo. I apologize, Keith. I apologize, yo. I really apologize. I didn't mean to get you started on the hate train for JJ Abrams. Which is rightfully deserved, by the way. And stay away from anything Star Wars and Star Trek Beast Game Podcast. 